0: A big rig, a semi, a tractor trailer, whatever you want to use, uh, decided to sideswipe our vehicle. And he sideswiped our vehicle because he was looking out his side window. And the reason that he was looking out his side window was this. He was getting waved down by somebody else that a quarter mile back he had already clipped. I'd never dealt with California Highway Patrol before, you'll be glad to know. And uh, the young man could not have been kinder. And that's when we discovered that the truck driver's license wasn't current. And this Wednesday, so six, five days later, we knew Monday that our dog wasn't acting like herself. Wednesday, she started bleeding. And Thursday, we were informed of her cancer and a lot of other problems. So quite unexpectedly, we bid her farewell. That's why I'm glad today to invite you to turn with me to two Psalms that originally were put together And uh, originally were one, and in our text are two. That's Psalm 42 and 43. As I do that, let me read for you some verses that have been Helpful this week. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Paul wrote... Later, in that same letter, in the second letter to the church at Corinth that we have, lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, then I am strong. Isaiah recorded the words of the Lord Jesus, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Unless you should think this morning that, uh, um, boy... He's up there feeling sorry for himself. Let me assure you of this. I know that there are some of you who only wish that you were dealing with some dent metal. Because you're in a marriage relationship that's hurting and you're not sure what to do next. You don't have the kind of insurance that can come with a rental car and you don't know what the future holds. You only wish that you were Dealing with the demise of a pet, when you're dealing with the demise or potential demise of someone very close to you, and you're not sure what the end game will be, Jesus knows all about your sorrows. And his desire for you today in whatever the grief will be is that you will find that he is sustaining. I really wish I could tell you this morning That on the basis of God's word, you could claim this and it would be fixed by midnight tonight. It's not what God's word teaches. I can tell you before we actually get into the text... That this will not be one of these sermons that begins with, okay, present the problem, present the solutions, close in prayer, and we all go home happy because that isn't life, is it? One of the reasons that I like Psalm 42 and 43 is because of the reality of going in and out of sorrow. Because we can go into sorrow and at times we are fairly overwhelmed by it. And then, the, just the nature of our thought processes and the life that we continue to lead, that might get pushed to the background for a little bit, and, and you, you think that you're doing a little better. And then, when you least expect it, the next wave comes and you get caught off guard. But then you come out of that and you think, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a bit better. And then you wake up at 2 a.m. And it's not so great. And some relationships are irreparably broken. And your heart... Mourns. Where do we start when we don't understand? There are three complaints in the text that we will look at. And then three remembrances. You'll discover in the scriptures that. Over and over again, we are called to remember. You might remember in the Book of Lamentations, there is a long list of complaints against God. You're the one who has broken my teeth on gravel. And as he comes to the end of his complaints, he says this, this I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. This I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. A reminder of that word hope that in the scripture, it always has about it an expectant certainty there's no certainty about the way we generally use hope I, I was hoping that my Boston Bruins would make it out of the first round of the playoffs I was hoping that Toronto Maple Leafs would not make it out of the first round of the playoffs and I use that illustration because the my hopes were dashed with the Bruins and typically for the Leafs my hopes were absolutely fulfilled they got knocked out of the playoffs but in the scripture there is always about it an expectant certainty here's the complaints As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me continually, Where is your God? What's the complaint? Despite the fact that you are my life's passion, as the deer pants for the water, it appears you are inactive in my life. Where's that? When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they continue, say to me continually, where is your God? Because there was an expectation that if God was indeed showing himself strong on my behalf, then there would be some evidence of that that people would see. That Lord Jesus, if you're really the passion of my life, then certainly my life would be easier than the path I'm currently on. Ever felt that way? When we lived in Oakville, family our age were having children at the same time we were, when our youngest was born, that family within a month had uh, given birth to a little girl, beautiful little girl, and around the age of one, She became very ill and as a result of her illness for the rest of her life she's profoundly deaf. Their eldest son said to the parents where is your God? Because if there's a God in heaven who loves us he would never have done that to my sister. Life's tough, isn't it? And what I love about the scripture is this. It deals with us where we are. It's not a matter of we just continue to put on some kind of evangelistic smile and say, oh, yeah, everything's great. And, you know, uh, when I was a kid, they used to sing this in Sunday school, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Oh, no, it's not. Some days are really tough. He has a second complaint. Despite the fact you are my security, You've caused me to experience the depths of despair because it appears you have forgotten me. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? My soul is cast down within me. I say to God, my rock, verse 9 of chapter 42, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me continually, Where is your God? His final complaint in chapter in Psalm 43 and the second verse. Despite the fact you are my strength, I mourn because it appears you've forgotten me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning? Because of the oppression of the enemy. Those are the three. Complaints. And what we now discover. Is having been in the trough. And not seeing. Anything. What he. Begins to. Remember and how it helps us focus. Not because there are no more troughs, not because there are no more periods of darkness where we don't know. What this evening brings, never mind tomorrow, where there is this massive uncertainty about our future. Let me pause and ask you what's the uncertainty for you about your future? If you are responding, Mills, you really don't know me. There's no uncertainty in my future. Let me be the first to tell you congratulations. And then please don't be deceived because this afternoon is coming. How do I know that? Because when we stopped and said goodbye to Annette's dad, our next stop was to be on the coast at Annette's sister's just before we headed to the airport. And her sister lives in this magnificent house that is literally like a 10-minute walk from the beach. And they have a wonderful purebred boxer dog that is obedient. We've never owned a dog like that. And tore up and down the beach, and we're thinking like Annette's all-time anywhere favorite place is to be on the beach. And for me, I was playing Southern gospel music. How can, like, I mean, the next step is heaven, obviously. And then there's a crunch. Oh. What do we remember? Verse four These things I remember. As I pour out my soul. How I would go with the throng. And lead them in procession to the house of God. With glad shouts and songs of praise. A multitude keeping festival. Rhonda had no idea. Rhonda Bill had no idea this morning. What I was going to preach on. When she made the comments about corporate worship. There is something that God decides to do when his people are gathered corporately in worship that he doesn't do anywhere else. Does that mean that, oh, I can't be close to Jesus when I'm in his word on my own? No, does that mean that I can't be close to Jesus when I'm taking a walk somewhere and really enjoying his creation? No. But there are some things that he chooses only to do when his people are gathered. That's why he calls us to gather together. So what do I Remember, I was in the uh, office administering the Zoom call before the service, and I heard what Matthew Slaybaugh had had put on for us to listen to. In fact, I, I said to him, "Wow." That sounds like a pastor's conference that I've been to. Because we heard, and can it be that I should gain? Tis mercy all, immense and free. And when I heard that, It was like a gift from the Lord to me because it transported me back to a time and a place where I was gathered with some 12 or 1300 others who had gathered in corporate worship and to hear God's word. And I remembered. So I invite you to do that right now. To remember a time when you were in corporate worship and God did something in your heart that in that moment revived your soul. You may have come today dry and discouraged And in the trough, would you with the psalmist and with me remember a time when with joy you gathered together and sensed in the midst the Spirit of God working? We long for those times, don't we? We long for those times. Remember that. The second thing, aspect that he remembers, is found in verse 8 of chapter 42, Psalm 42. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me. There's something joyous about when God's people are gathered. But there's something very intimate that Jesus delights to do with us in our walk with Him. And it's very personal. Sometimes, for me, it's I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. For years, Sleep and I have not been great friends. And when that happens, not every time, I'm simply not that spiritual. But bless and thank Jesus, there are times when there isn't anybody else to talk to when there isn't anybody else to seek out and he seeks me out and does for me there what no one else can do because he does in my soul what only Jesus can do for you If you have a spouse, your spouse can't do it. If you have kids, your kids can't do it. The best friend you have will not have that kind of ministry. But Jesus does. So while he may seem far away to you today, would you please remember a time when you sensed his presence and his nearness? Because when Jesus touches your soul at that level, he changes us forever. And what that does for us is this. When we have experienced the reality of Jesus, we only want more of Him. We only want a deeper relationship with Him. Remember a time in corporate worship, the great joy of Jesus. Remember in an alone time, the closeness of Jesus to your soul and spirit. Finally, verse 3 of the 43rd Psalm. Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. His light and his truth. I find it fascinating today when one considers a quote unquote modern mindset, one considers a postmodern mindset. And in the postmodern mindset is the notion of. I'll call it elusive truth. That to assert that there is somewhere objective truth runs us immediately into some kind of disdain. Except when I come to Jesus. Because he claimed about himself that not only was he the way and the life, Jesus claimed the eternal God over every mindset, in any generation, in any culture, for all of eternity, that Jesus is truth. if I want to know truth I need to know Jesus I want to know and have a correct outlook on life the lenses that I need to look through are the lenses of Jesus C.S. Lewis said often about the person of Jesus. Either he's exactly who he said he was as very God of very God, or he was a lunatic. We don't get to say that he was a first century philosopher who had some good things to say that we might want to pattern our life after. When he said to the Jewish leaders, before Abraham was, I am, there was no doubt for any of them that he had just claimed for himself Godhead. They, you want to know why? They threw such a fit because they understood when he said Before Abraham was, I am that he was claiming to be the eternal God. That's why he makes such a difference in our lives. I told you at the beginning... This wasn't going to be one of these sermons where uh, here's the problem, here's the solution. We pray and go home and everything's solved. The last verse of the two psalms that we have considered, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? I like how he ends hope in God for I shall again praise him my salvation and my God you get what he's saying he's not saying I do it right now oh I've heard this message and I'll do it right now he says I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. That doesn't mean that today you don't end up continuing to say, Why, Jesus? Why, God? It does underline this. That when I live in an expectant certainty... there will come another time that maybe it's in corporate worship, maybe it's in my private time with Jesus, but there will come in your life and in mine another time of joy, another time when you sense that Jesus has done something for you that nobody else could do. I've experienced that in my own life. and not because in and of myself I'm spiritual. I've experienced that because I have a savior who loves me with a deep everlasting love and when I'm at my worst he still loves me. When I don't trust him he still loves me when i doubt him he still loves me when i'm in the trough and think i'll never come out of it he still loves me And the great joy that is mine today is to tell you this, and wherever you are today, he still loves you. Please pray with me. For the reality of your word, our Father, we give you thanks. We thank you most of all. That in your divine eternal plan, you sent your one and only Son to be one of us. That today, the God man Jesus sets himself for us, loves us unconditionally. And prays for us continually. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We love you. And we pray in the high and holy and magnificent name of Jesus. Amen.